Good morning, girls, and happy Hanukkah for the few hours yet remaining of Hanukkah. And uh, as Mrs. Gross just alluded to, it's uh, uh, even the last few hours have tremendous power. Hanukkah in general is a yontif that carries with it great spiritual potential, especially the, uh, the eighth day. And we do have a few hours left. We still have a mincha to, to Davin. We certainly could say Tillam. But I would like to share with you maybe the kind of message that could sort of take us, which Hanukkah is supposed to do. It's supposed to take us to the next step, take us through this, uh, the rest of the winter months, to Purim, to Pesach, and to give us the strength and the vision and the clarity to be able to be successful in our spiritual endeavors and to use Hanukkah to its fullest extent. And Really, there's one particular concept I want to focus in on, and I think, again, especially when you think about the fact that the the miracle was finding a Pach Shemin that lasted for eight days, and that Pach Shemin allowed us to prepare the oil so that we would have oil going on further, so that we can continue to uh, do the Avod and the Beis Migdosh in the most optimum fashion. And uh, really... Even nowadays, that's what Hanukkah is about. Hanukkah is that we take these incredible eight days and use them to prepare ourselves to move on to the next level and next challenge. And what exactly is sort of that one particular focus that maybe uh, can catapult, catapult us to that place where we need to be? And I think when you think about uh, this miracle, the famous question, a lot of people talk about it, but just to sort of focus on the question, quickly focus on the answer and sort of connect it to the Parsha. Uh, the Alanisim talks about the war. The Alanisim talks about the incredible historical uh, victory that allowed Klaisol to remain in the, in the base of Middash for almost 200 more years. The Gemara, when it says, My Hanukkah, the Gemara talks about the miracle of finding that one jar of water that lasted for eight days. So exactly which one was it? And why is one focused on one while the other seems to ignore the other issue? Maybe why not talk about both, both particular cases? And I think fundamentally, certainly when you talk about the Alanisim, when you say thank you, Takarish Baruch, as Klai Yisrael is saying in Modim, the, the incredible words of Rabmiyad Miyatim Utmeim Be'atahorim, certainly the perspective of what it meant for Klai Yisrael, it was the war, it was the freedom. It was a spiritual victory over the over the Avonim. That was the important historical event. And that's why certainly in Alanisim, that is what we talk about. The Gemara and Shabbos is very specific about its question. When the Gemara says, my Hanukkah, Rashi says, what was the miracle? What was the event that allowed the rabbis to understand that this indeed was a holiday? That they're going to establish it as a special holiday for all of the generations. Ad Hanukkah was a time when we said halal every single day, full halal. And certainly the, the celebrations and the focus of Shvach V'adol Baruch Why did they, what did they see? And why did they determine that this was the time to, to make that yontif? Other things have happened throughout Jewish history. And to that the Gemara answers because they found that one flask of oil. And they didn't find any flask of oil. They found a pure flask of oil. I think that's in the, the key, and that's in the coup de for us to be able to maybe really work on taking to the, to the next few months and the rest of our lives, Brother Hashem, to focus on this concept of zach, of purity, of lishma, 
which is exactly what purity really means. And in our vernacular, and in our day, day-to-day existence, when we talk about purity, we talk about lishma. Doing mitzvahs for the right reasons. Doing mitzvahs not for any self-aggrandizement, not for any reward, not because I have to, because it's a burden, because uh, I feel I'm going to get punished, whether it's my parents are going to punish me with the school or HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever my... That's why we, we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why we do the Ratzon Hashem. Is it really that basic? And maybe I should say that fundamental? Is there nothing more noble, nothing higher, nothing more pure than talking about reward and punishment as a motivation for us to do the right thing? Kashmarach who really expects more. Not to say, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying that, God forbid, that that's not an acceptable position in life, but it's certainly not what we should be focusing in on. Hanukkah allows us to focus in on the fact that the Chazal saw if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a pure flask of oil with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, and that oil lasted for eight days, the Chazal saw the rabbis at that time recognize, oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu stamping our turnaround. He was stamping our commitment or our rededication to spiritual growth. When the when Chashmeron the, the defeated the Yavadim, that flask of oil was a testimony by Kodesh Baruch Hu saying, you guys did good. Klai Yisrael did make a move. They made, it was a watershed moment in Jewish history that they were able to redirect themselves, recalibrate their thinking and their motivation from the mundane, from the shallow, from the empty. Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was seeing. He was seeing a nation not concerned about Avoda. You don't, you don't care about doing the right thing? Fine. So I will take away the mitzvahs from you. And I will allow the Greeks to dominate you. But when you showed me that you were ready to fight and ready to, to, to give your life up for the sake of, of coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that deserves a miracle. And that miracle was a direct message to Klai Yisrael. This wasn't just like any other victory. This represented, some, represented something much deeper. The purity of that mitzvah was a signal that that's what we were able to achieve. And I think we need to try to take that level of purity with us as we move ahead. Yosef Atzadik was maybe the embodiment of this concept, and maybe he did it with one word. One incredible word that really boggles the mind when you think about Yosef and what, he was, what situation he was in. His, the predicament he was in, languishing in jail for so many years and hoping that when the, when the Sar Hamashkin became freed, oh, my, finally, this is my chance to, 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 get, to get freed, to get extricated from this horrible dungeon over here. Didn't happen right away. Two more years later, at the beginning of Miketz, we know the story. And could you imagine this moment here? Try to put yourself in, in Yosef's shoes. Write that script Write, write the script and imagine if you're writing that script of what was going to happen. And Yosef finally waited for this moment. And he, they, they open up the dungeon door and they say, Yosef, okay, let's go get out of, get out of bed, get, get moving over here. Paro wants to see you. Paro wants to see me? Yeah, well, he had some problem with his dreams. And he heard that you have the certain talent. So get, we're getting you ready. Six hours, you're going to be in front of the king. Oh, wow, amazing. So Yosef just has a little bit of time to think about what he's going to say to the king. And you write that script. You, you write down what Yosef would say. When he finally looks, he finally gets, they, they, they shave him, they, t- they make him look okay, they put on a nice suit on him, and they, they go up in front of Paro, and Paro says, oh, nice to meet you, Yosef. I heard you have some talent, because I am very, very disturbed. I've got this, these dreams, and I can't figure them out, and I hear you can maybe give me some tranquility, bring back some normalcy to my life, because I don't have any. 
So what's, what's Yosef's response? Let's write that down. What, what words are Yosef, is Yosef going to say about his <laughs> paro? He came to the right place, right? Imagine some doctor who we're going to, some expert doctor or lawyer or whatever it might be that we're going to for advice or for, for trying to remedy a difficult problem. This guy with 17 degrees and he's a, he's a hot shot. Don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. You came to the right place. I'm your man. You put your hands with, you trust me, right? What are, what are the real estate, the car agents, what do they say? You know, I'm, I'm the best. Is that what Yosef said? Yosef said incredibly the exact opposite. Yosef said one word to this opening to gain so much fame and to, and to uh, ingratiate himself to Paro. You'd imagine, let me grab the opportunity. Oh, he grabbed the opportunity, all right. Not to self-aggrandize, but to say the truth. One word, Bill Odoi. Bill Odoi. Paro, this has nothing to do with me. I am not your man because I'm your man. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants through me to tell you your dreams, then that's going to happen. But if he doesn't want that, it's, it's all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Is that really the best strategy, Yosef? Was, this was your moment, wasn't it? And Yosef was teaching us that yes, this was the moment. This was a moment when we are challenged to either have clarity about who runs the world, about whose hands we are truly in. At the moment when the temptation so is so powerful to sort of promote yourself and see if you can get ahead of somebody else, but you choose not to and you say the absolute truth, it's all in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's hands. And when you say that to the most powerful man maybe in the world at that time, then you are making an incredible Kiddush Hashem. And you are making it clear to the world that I understand what makes me successful, what makes anyone successful. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's support, nothing else. It's total siyata deshmaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me out of here, I'm getting out of here. If he doesn't want me out of here, I'm not going to get out of here. So what, so what am I going to start promoting myself and trying to get ahead? I never understood people who, they finagle and they cheat, they do this, they do that, the SATs, they play games. Uh, I, I beat the guy, I got the valedictorian, even though I didn't really earn it, or whatever, and all these games that people play in life. Later on, I, I got my, uh, my guy, my superior fired. I, I set up, made up a story, got him fired. I, was, I moved into his office. Ah, I'm on top of the world, right? A window can open. You're not on top of the world. You are playing with fire. Because you are trying to assume that you can outsmart a Kodesh Baruch Hu, And you're going to put it on you and you're going to take the credit when the world, when you know that the world recognizes the truth, when, when it sees the truth, that it's, it's all beyond Hashem. What are you doing? We're living in a world, I know it's not easy, because we're living in a world of the, the self-promotion is just out there in every single level. We already have a, a new expression, goat, you know, greatest of all time. Who's the goat? Who's the goat? And you call one guy the goat, and then somebody else says, no, no, no me, I'm, I'm really great. And the, the true greatest of all times, very often don't even talk about themselves, and they don't even want to acknowledge the issue. Other people can't stop talking about it. I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. What are we doing? Yosef taught us Bill Adoy. The essence and the truth is that it's all about Kodesh Baruch Hu. We can bring that to the mitzvahs that we do. If we can bring that to the Kibar Ave'im, the Benoma Chavero, the davening, everything that we do, if maybe even once in a while we wouldn't even, we have a lot of things to daven for for ourselves, but maybe once in a while just, Kodesh Baruch Hu, thank you. I want to acknowledge my, I want to focus on modem. I'm not going to talk about all the things that I need and my, my new uh, equipment and my, and, and the, tra- you know, the, um, the technology and whatever it might be. Just, not a, it's not important. 
It's about you. It's about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to thank you for the incredible gift of life that you've given me. If we can somehow think in these terms, it comes out that really the Rambam says something. I've shared it in the past, but it's so powerful. The Rambam says there's a reason why we have 613 commandments. Not because of the conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom is we have 613 commandments because the more commandments that we have, the more mitzvahs we have, the more schar we get. And the more things we can do to advance ourselves. The Rambam doesn't say that. He says, incredible, we have 613 commandments because with so many mitzvahs, maybe we'll get one right. With so many mitzvahs, we might actually nail one. And that, nailing one mitzvah, doing one mitzvah correctly, says the Rambam, he says it explicitly, end of, of Makos, he says, is our ticket to Olam Abba. You want to know whether you're going, you're going to Olam Abba? You want to know if your ticket is punched for eternity? You want to know if you're going to bask in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's glory after 120 years? If you can do a mitzvah lishma, the answer is yes, absolutely. Rambam's guarantee. That's, I think, the, the takeaway of Hanukkah is to go, get back to that purity of that oil, the purity of that chasim of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. When we can do that, amazing things happen for us. And there's an incredible, very well-documented true story that I'll end with uh, that has to do with Hanukkah. And it's a story of this this private um, uh, Winograd, I think his name was. And this private Winograd was a Jewish soldier who was sent to Europe uh, after World War II. And his job was to go through the towns and the villages and to help out people who needed help and to look for Nazis who, who, were, who were trying to escape. And the story goes that he, he was walking around one night, he saw somebody in the woods, and it was, he was digging something, this guy, and didn't know who he was, and he, he saw that he took something out of the ground, and he put it in a, in a sack, and he, he started to call, stop, stop, and make a long story short, he, he runs after the guy, tackles him. It's a teenage boy whose name is David. He starts talking to him, what are you doing? I'm not the enemy. Well, I don't know, I can't trust him. He finally explains he's even Jewish. And what was that he dug out of the ground? It was a menorah. It was his family's menorah that was buried there for somebody to retrieve and use. Baruch Hashem, his son knew where it was and he was able to retrieve it and, and take it with him. And they became very good friends, this private and this David. And finally, Private Winograd worked out that David would be able to come to America under his auspices and he... He went to America and Barsham. He lived with this private Winograd and he was sort of raising him as his son. This private Winograd had a friend who was a curator at a very fancy museum. And he saw the menorah that David had brought from America and he said, that's an incredible menorah. The artistic value of that menorah is amazing. I would give you $50,000 and this is about 1950. You do the math of what that's worth, probably a quarter of a million dollars today. I'll give you Money that can set you up. Here he was, a survivor. Here he was, a young kid who's just trying, beginning life. Can you imagine what $50,000 in those days would have meant for him? He says, no. He says, you sure? $50,000? He says, this is my family's menorah. I'm not giving it away. It's staying right here. When he made that decision and David said no, some months afterwards it was Hanukkah. And sure enough, they took out the menorah, they put it by the window in Manhattan, this private lived in Manhattan. And they looked at Hanukkah menorah, and David goes upstairs. A few minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And Private Winograd goes to the door, and he opens the door, and there's a middle-aged woman standing at the door and says, you know, I couldn't help but notice the menorah in your window. 
And I, it, it's a menorah that means a lot to me. It connects me to my family. I just like to see it firsthand. Can I come in and observe the menorah? And David, I should have mentioned, lost his father. He saw his father die. And it, it could have been easy for him to you know, turn his back, as many others did. He didn't. His mother, he hadn't seen for middle of the war. He had no idea where his mother was, and he lost track of her. But he felt that connection to Yiddishkeit and to his family, and he kept that menorah. This woman goes in to, the, to see the menorah, and she starts looking at it. And David upstairs hears something's going on, so he decides to come downstairs. And as he's walking downstairs, he takes a look at this woman. This woman looks at him. Mommy! Mommy! And the woman looks at David and starts crying. And the two of them became reunited, a mother and a son, through the incredible miracle of this menorah in a window in Manhattan, brought these two people together. What are the odds? What was fascinating when you think about it, it didn't happen before. It happened this, that menorah probably was in the window maybe a couple years earlier. This wasn't the first Hanukkah. But when when a person says, no, this Hanukkah, this menorah is so meaningful to me, I will not sell it for anything. Because when it comes to eternity versus money, I will take eternity any day of the week. That's a statement David made. He said Hanukkah to me is about commitment, about tradition, about a family, and about a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's Chus HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent us amazing Ashkach HaPratis where he was reunited with his mother. Let's make this the Hanukkah where we really elevate ourselves to that focus of what am I in this world for? For purity, for connection, for doing the right thing. And Reza Hashem, as if we can do this collectively as a klal and bring ourselves to that next level of doing mitzvahs l'shma, of realizing what life is truly all about, Reza Hashem, let's hope that we don't have to wait for next Hanukkah to light the menorah. We'll be lighting it very soon, Reza Hashem, in the base of Migdosh, with Biyas and Meshach and Good Shabbos.